Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our 37th episode of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. Uh, we're a couple of weeks on from the biggest race of the year, the Supercar USA Super Nationals at the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Uh, that was the November 14th to 18th weekend there. So a couple of weeks ago, we've gone through Thanksgiving already. It was it was pretty crazy. Uh, obviously, Super Nats are hardcore, you know, 9 in the morning to 9 or 10, 11 at night. Uh, we de- we uh, kind of decompressed a bit for Thanksgiving. Uh, I gave David some time off to relax a little bit. We went through a week last week, so this debrief, a little late, of course, but uh, mainly because I think we've all been taking things in and getting caught back up. Uh, David Cole, uh, I'll bring you in in, in a second. Uh, first off, uh, Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, the presenting sponsor of our show here this week. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. So the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, they were our title sponsor of our EKN Live broadcast that went through uh, Thursday afternoon. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, David Cole, um, are you rested up? I, I'm rested, thankfully. I, I slept a ton after Supernats. Man, that was a long, long week. Well, it takes a full week just for your body to act, not only acclimate from the time change, but the uh, the amount of work that goes into doing the Supernationals, whether it's you know the at-track stuff that we do all week long or the after track stuff that we do all week long as well too <laughs> well yeah I'm having some fun there I, I, actually i didn't have near as much party time as i do in the past I, don't, I think we were so busy you know you know we hit the ground running on monday you rolled in on tuesday uh right into all the social media coverage we did we we did a lot of social media stuff really leveraged uh, uh, instagram and instagram stories had a lot of really good feedback on that um well, we did our regular trackside live coverage, which is, as always, presented by Cooper Tire. Big thanks to the folks at Cooper Tire for being our EKN trackside live tour sponsors for 2018. Uh, and then, David, we decided as we were cleaning up on, I think it was, th- was it Thursday night or Friday night, we decided we were going to do our first Q&A, live Facebook Q&A. We did two of those outside, and then we finally came up with the brilliant idea that sitting outside in, in 40-degree weather, <laughs> shivering, was when it was a perfectly good warm bar we could hit. Um, then we did that. That was, you know, we did that for almost an hour, um, every night. So, uh, yeah, we, we weren't done until about nine 30 or 10. And in fact, we waited for dinner until after the the Q and a, so the the nights and days were long for sure. But David, it's the Supernats, and we do it once a year. And man, this year was a really good one. I think overall, this one was a really good one. It was, uh, I think from start to finish, it was really good. Uh, not only just being back at the Rio, but, uh, on track activity was was phenomenal again uh you know always as you have when you have full fields like that with the amount of talent in each category that we had you're going to get good racing and and you know the paddock worked well uh, you know with the limited space that we do have at the Rio compared to where we were at last year uh, I think everything seemed to work out great uh you know just from our perspective didn't hear any complaints so that was a good thing other than you know, maybe the occasional long walk here or there to get to somebody's pit. But, um, you know, I, I think there's still room to grow 
<laughs> looking looking at where we're yeah. at. <clears throat> I don't disagree with you. Uh, perfect weather conditions. You know, we've gone through some pretty crappy ones before where it was super cold, or I think it was 2013, I believe, whatever the year it was, or 2000, yeah, 2013, where it poured rain and it was just absolutely miserable for everybody until we got to Super Sunday. Uh, perfect weather conditions, mid 60s, low 70s during the day. Got a little chilly at night, but you know, you, you have to just prep for that. Uh, as you said, David, uh, the paddock was absolutely massive, and they actually overflowed well out into the north side of the facility. There's another parking lot, uh, which is, I think, actually for staff at the Rio. And man, that in years past, there was a couple trailers up there. This year, absolutely completely packed. But like you said, still probably some more room to jam some more teams in. Uh, the question is just whether or not there's enough time each day and in the week to uh, to do it. You know, it's just we're already jam packed morning and night from from Wednesday on. Well, I think there's areas where they can grow. Obviously, you know, there's some that weren't exactly sold out. I mean, you, you I, I could see at least 20, 20 entries that we can include into the classes we have now and, and be and maybe be sold out in a couple of them. So you know, again, there's there's room to grow, obviously not grow as in adding another session for classes. I don't think that's that's uh, doable at all. As you said, you know, we're time wise, we're we're, we're maxed out. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the staff is maxed out. The schedule's maxed out. Uh, it's a busy, busy week. But, you know, to be able to cram 532 entries in for the week uh, and be the, the largest since 2013 when you said we had that terrible weather week, uh, it's pretty good numbers. Yeah, uh, 507 last year, 458 the year before, 489 with just nine classes, a tighter class structure in 2015. Same uh, for 2014, uh, nine classes, 200 and, uh, 517, and then 602, the high watermark uh, in 2013. But that was with 12 classes. That's when uh, the Rotax World Finals, Grand Finals, were actually held in New Orleans. And uh, Scusi getting together with Max Speed at that point, offering a couple of uh, fully subscribed Rotax classes. Uh, so 602, but with 12 classes, as you said. David, by the numbers, pretty impressive overall. I think, uh, you know, the, the lowest class total was Master Shifter at 35, uh, along with KA100 Junior. But for the most part, Micro really kind of stepped it up this year. 41 in Micro, 53 in Mini Swift. Uh, 35, as we said, in K100. And then, the, you know, the X30 classes, man, 77 in junior, 75 in master, um, and 87 in senior. The X30 stuff is just strong when it comes to supernets. Yeah, we knew the X30 categories were going to be among the largest, uh, you know, obviously with with the, the cap at 88. Uh, you know, again, there's still room to get there for, yep. for junior and master. But like you said, micro uh, was an increase from last year. I think we maybe had 20 some, maybe in the 30s, but to be 41, that's a good, that's good to see for the future uh, for Supercards USA. Uh, the mini was only at 53, which is kind of shocking uh, with uh, the <clears throat> amount of numbers that we've seen in the past where this cl- category has, has sold out, I believe, before. So, yeah, uh, again, room to grow, which is, you know. I hate to say, you know, you don't want to change things, but as we've seen coming up in 2019, things might change uh, for Supernats. We don't know. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Obviously, the Master Shifter and Pro Shifter, the combination of S4, Master and Supermaster, and then S1 and S2, respectively. Uh, that was a big change. Kind of brought everybody together. 50 drivers and Pro Shifter, though. That was pretty cool. Again, what are we going to see in 2019? We get back to the Rio uh, next November. 
Um, obviously, the biggest change is going to be the introduction of the IAMI SSE 175cc shifter engine. We'll talk more about that later in the show. Uh, but stay with us, folks. More to come on the other side of this break. We are going to jump into the paddock pass, chat a little bit about what happened uh, in the paddock, not on the racetrack. Hello, karting fans. This is IndyCar driver Zach Veach, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network. What results do you need to prove the competitiveness of a chassis? Whatever your answer, Illuminos has it covered. Race wins? Check. Illuminos wins everywhere. Scusa Pro Tour, California and Texas Pro Car Challenge, LAKC, Tri-C Carters. They win. Championships? Check and check. Billy Musgrave and John Crow dominated the California Pro Car Challenge action in S1 and S4 Supermaster, winning their titles. Crow went one better and won the Scusa Pro Tour title as well. All told, Illuminos won a dozen championships in 2018. Our Illuminos chassis has been developed for the U.S. market, but it's still fully homologated for use across the world. The design features an innovative waste torsion system that provides unparalleled chassis tuning. The cart is completed with magnesium components, and it's the only manufacturer offering 100% ceramic brakes. American design, Italian manufactured, built for karting in the United States. That's Illuminos. We're also a title-winning arrive-and-drive team that competes in the Scusa Pro Tour and the California Pro Car Challenge, and we'll be hitting the road in 2019 to compete in some of the biggest races on the East Coast. Run with a team that races to win and enjoys the journey. Illuminos, give us a call today. Are you looking for a new car shop? One that treats you like you're an important customer? If so, look no further than Acceleration Car Racing. At Acceleration, customer service is number one. We are a full-time karting business, not a hobby or an afterthought. We have all the products you're looking for, from kit carts to shifters, safety to speed. We strive to offer our customers the best products, prices, and service. At Acceleration Car Racing, we're always here when you need something for your racing program. Located in Las Vegas, Acceleration is stocked with a wide range of products. We've been helping racers get the right parts for over 16 years. Acceleration has everything that a kart racer needs, from turnkey carts to safety equipment, engines and more, stocking all of the leading kart racing brands. Here's a taste of the products that we carry every day. CRG, Tony Kart, Bennett, Rotax, Honda, Miami, MG Tires, Zinco, Bridgestone, Mojo, Alpine Stars, Sparco, Ribtech, and EVS, Tillet, Micron, Alfano, Bell, Arai, Zamp, KG, Sniper, Sweet Tech, and KNN. It doesn't matter where you live in the country, we will get you what you need so you can get back on the track. Acceleration has a sufficient supply of products to ensure that your order can be shipped the very same day. Our knowledgeable staff is available to help customers six days a week, and ordering online is open 24 hours a day at shopakr.com. For visitors and locals in the Las Vegas area, Acceleration has a large showroom full of the best kart racing products available. Come on in and check it out. To find out more about what Acceleration has to offer, visit shopakr.com. Again, shopakr.com. 
And make sure to sign up to be on our mailing list to receive the latest updates and promotions that we send throughout the season. Again, we're a one-stop shop. Shopakr.com. Hello, Carding fans. This is Gabby Chavez, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 37 of our EKN Debrief. David Cole and I, Rob Howden, breaking down this year's Supercarts USA Super Nationals, the 22nd running of the great race, back at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada this year. Let's jump now into the Paddock Pass, this particular edition of the Paddock Pass presented by CRG Nordam. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. After years of independent American importers, CRG Nordam is now managed directly by the factory and run out of their state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and they're serious about success. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that uh, competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. So, David, first and foremost, obviously, everybody waits for it uh, when they pull the cover off, roll down onto the, the racetrack. It's the track walk on Tuesday evening. Let's talk about the track layout. Third time designed for Bonner Moulton and Howie Idelson, the second for Wesley Boswell, who was brought in last year. First time for all three of them to design a track at, at the Rio. And the first time ever at the Rio, we've gone counterclockwise. Yeah, it's, you know, when they came out Halloween with the track layout, it kind of, everybody's kind of, you know, positive about it. Uh, and then the track gets built. And, and you know, seeing the photos through Saturday, Sunday, and Monday from the top of the Rio or from people's hotel room of the actual track construction, it's then you kind of get an idea, okay, what is this track actually looking like? So, uh, yep. you know, there's, there's always mixed views once that happens. And then, you, as you said, you do the track walk Tuesday, uh, and then you get, a more in-depth look at it, but really until tracks carts hit the track on Wednesday, you don't really know what the track's going to be. And then you don't know how the track really is going to be when race conditions until you start racing. You look at the layout, kind of a mixture of the, uh, the, the, the tracks, the designs that we had at the Las Vegas convention center, the opening couple of corners, which was essentially turn 12, one and two, those, uh, those hairpins, very similar to we had at, at Las Vegas convention center. Some of the old Rio tracks kind of brought in there as well. It felt like with some of the corners, um, you know, David, I think the, the the two negatives that we got, number one, it was a very fast layout, not overly technical. That's the kind of term everybody said. It's not very, really very technical, which meant that it was going to bring together the pack. Some of the guys that may have struggled, you know, that didn't have this, the talent or whatever it may be, younger racers, they were going to struggle a bit uh, with a tighter track. They didn't. Uh, so this, tightened everything back up and that was i think one of the one of the primary initial feedbacks that we got was man i really wish the track could have been a little more technical and that that didn't come from everybody (laughs) some people loved it but that i think was the first thing that we heard well that's that's again during the track walk is really and obviously during practice was that was kind of when we started hearing that and that's kind of what we saw too just visually was it's it's a super fast layout you know it wasn't um as technical as some of the previous three have been uh but again we had a little bit more space then so they're kind of restricted you know there's no big sweeper that was one thing we were kind of missing other than the last corner which has was been copied for the last two uh two layouts that we've had which has been a really good opening corner uh so when racing began that was that was great to see we didn't have very many pile-ups uh in the opening corners 
necessarily because of the track and then maybe because of the pushback bumpers as well too. Agreed. Yeah, the pushback bumper uh, for the first time, of course, at the Super Nats, and that uh, definitely played a role in in having a lot cleaner starts than we had, especially uh, in in the times we've been at the Rio. Dave, probably the most obvious negative feedback that we got was in regards to the track build itself. Um, Scusa had a number of areas on the racetrack where the water barrier was actually right at the exit point. So if you got wide and got into the water barrier, um, you know that was number one. There. They're heavy. <laughs> They're filled with water, so the 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 damage is more aggressive. Um, you and I both said we would rather have seen tech pros there. You know, with that maybe a foot gap, so that you could tap a tech pro and move it and not bend an axle, whatever it may be. But the biggest thing I think was when you have a water barrier at the exit and it gets broken and it empties its contents all over the racetrack, we end up going on a delay, and we had a couple of delays over the week that were, you know, 30 minutes to an hour in length because all the water poured out and it took the Scusa staff an hour to get things dried back up again. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's something we've seen over and over again at the Super Nationals. And and one one of the races last year, the Tag Masters or X30 Master race was uh, red flagged and and called early because of it. Um, You know, that you kind of kind of have to, you know, some kind of switch needs to go off in somebody's head and say, okay, we can't use our big barriers as exit points, period. And, yeah, and, bottom line is, bottom line, right? Tech, anytime it's an exit point, it's got to be a, a tech pro or a scrimmage. And there were mul- and this layout, there were multiple areas yeah. where it was the exit point. And, Agreed. And you got, you got to have the two different types of barriers surrounding the racetrack, period. It just has to be that way. If you're going to give up four or five feet, you got to do it. Uh, it's just, you, you have to do that in terms of not only safety because it's, it's a lot safer probably to hit the tech pros than it is the water barriers. Uh, and yeah. two for, for scheduling reasons to, to avoid these delays and, and this just, and the, having the track get wet because of it. Yeah. Well, and look what happened, right? We, one day we lost the lunch break. So the whole Scusa staff's out there from, you know, seven o'clock in the morning till like eight or nine at night, whatever it was, we had to lose the lunch break to get back close to on schedule. And we, you know, we ended up being out at the track till you know probably an hour and a half, two hours longer than we needed to be. And that's just, that's just the bottom line. Let's make this addition to our track build um, formula that anywhere where there's an exit point where a driver rolls out, that we're going to have a, a tech pro barrier between that and the water barrier. I understand the water barriers have to be there. That's the big, strong delineation between a wall or a fence or fans or whatever it may be, or the grid. Uh, but you've got to be able to have that little extra that, uh, that so you're not making contact. Uh, with, with the, and indeed, there's, the tech, there's enough tech pros there. They had a bunch of leftover scripters anyways. And you and I have already said in, in other broadcasts before, probably there's probably there needed to be areas on the track where the, 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 the barriers weren't used. You know, on a long straightaway, you don't need to have the entire thing covered in barriers because you have to have an escape road for someone instead of having to pull the cart over top and they can they can pull it behind the wall, right? Yeah, I agree with that. It's I I do, but I don't because it, the having having the straightaways defined kind of looks cool from the above, you know, as we saw in the aerials. But again, again, yeah, if you have the extra barriers uh, or you don't have them, then then remove them from the straightaways where you don't need them, or 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 bring yeah. in hay bales. You know, hay bales in a straightaway is it just defines where you can go, um, you know, and they'll they'll still stop you if if, if they need to. Uh, it's it's old school, but it'll it'll work. And you, like I said, they, they had they had enough. They had enough extra tech pros there that they, yeah. they could have put a couple up. And they did. And let's give Scusa props. 
a couple areas on the racetrack they did change. They added some tech pros coming out of turn number 12 so that there was going to be that gap. You would hit a tech pro instead of the barrier first. Um, they did make some adjustments in turn number 12, moving it back a little bit. Uh, we will say that they did. They did try to make some, adju- yeah, some adjustments. Yeah, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> uh, as, 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 no, agreed. Agreed. Hey, you, agreed. You, you got to call uh, it as we see it, it right? Agreed. No, it's 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 true because it's got to get. It's always uh, always yep. got to get better. Um, one thing that you mentioned quite a bit as well. Um, we talked about it was that it just seems like they needed some more some more track staff, like another person at every every major corner. Because we had to go full course yellow so many times throughout the uh, the week, because a barrier somebody hit and a barrier got knocked off, and instead of you know instead of having somebody there to get it fixed, we had to go full course. Yeah, yellow. because which no, isn't good because they they all they could do was wave mm-hmm. the yellow because there was nobody there to help them either pull pull carts off the yep. racetrack or as you said fix the barrier, and so that's when you need you need a flagger and and a runner at every corner. Yep. I mean, so you have 12 corners and you have 24 guys on track plus your marshals that are up in the uh, in the high risers. Um, so it, you know, you're, you're you're looking at, and if you have to, you just add six more. So that way, it's not you know, it's not another, and it's not doubling your your um, your cost on for on track workers, but yep. just so that way they can run to where they need to go. Because as we've seen in the past, we had one guy that would run from one end of the racetrack all the way to the other to help out and to get things cleared up. So that way they didn't have to go full course yellow. And uh, I think there was too many times that they did it too quick. And I think they kind of learned as the, as the week went on, because again, not, you know, the tech, the temporary circuits are still kind of new to, uh, to Neil and, and Joe, even though Joe has been around since, you know, dirt was created. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but even still, it's, it, it the workers, a lot of, a lot of the workers are new. So they, they just didn't, yeah. you know, we've been around, you know, I've been around tech temporary circuits since 2004. You've been at it a lot longer than that. So we kind of understand it. And then yeah. the more you do it, the the quicker you kind of react. It's just like driving. <clears throat> the other thing that's really interesting is the fact that kind of everybody's changed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, nowadays, if you're a driver, you get, you get in a wreck, you just get it and you walk away from your cart. Right, you're not there to help, which you should be. Which is again, that's another topic in itself. But, well, but again, right? half, half our categories, some of these got, kids can't even lift it. So that's that, true. That's the other problem. So when, if you got three or four minis or micros that are locked up together in a corner, I mean, there's probably five percent of the drivers that can actually lift their own cart. So their own cart. Yep. That's that's kind of the problem with that. <laughs> Let's talk about the pushback bumper, David. We uh, we mentioned it, and uh, it really. Uh, it did its job. There's no doubt about it. It has its detractors. People talk about it all the time. We've talked about the fact that it's a Band-Aid, uh, but the pushback bumper did its job in terms of really correcting a lot of the racing. Uh, the starts were a lot better. Yeah, there were a lot of penalties that were laid out for it, for sure. Um, but the the starts, number one, were just better. And the, the racing, if you go back and look at the Winter Nationals, uh, that was such a disaster earlier this year. Fast forward to Supernats night and day difference in terms of the racecraft it was um but again the pushback then provides the opportunity for defensive driving and and it's something we've seen over the last couple of years with the pushback bumper around the world uh we just watched it this week in the rotax grand finals defensive driving is is one way to keep your position and so again that 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 kind of limits the the chances 
the challenger can take uh, because he doesn't want to take that chance and get a pushback permanently, which ironically, there weren't very many at the front of the fields in, in Rotax. But, you know, at Supernats was a little different story where we saw uh, a no, uh, probably three or four drivers lose a podium result because of uh, pushback uh, penalties. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, <clears throat> one thing that was interesting was when those drivers went on defense mode, and how many times we talk about this during heat races, even on Super Sunday, the minute someone went on a defense mode with this track layout, you brought everybody back into the battle. Right, it could be it could be three drivers up front. The minute you go defense, like in turn number six, which was the right hander, uh, all of a sudden you packed everybody back up because you just gave up so much of the exit speed because the track was so quick. Um, yeah, that, it, when you went on defense mode, man, it uh, it changed the complexion of the race for sure. Yeah, you're right because because the track layout was such a fast uh, course. You, once you once you did go on the defense mode, you would lose two to three tenths a corner. Anytime you yep. put on the defense. So you're right. It did, it did bring in an, the, the, the trailing pack closer. Uh, and as we saw in the X30 senior race uh, on the last lap, it, it created a little bit of chaos there, too. <laughs> you're listening to episode number 37 here on the EKN Radio Network. We thank you for tuning in. It's the EKN debrief of the Supercarts USA Super Nationals 22 Rob Howden alongside David Cole. We're working our way through the Paddock Pass segment uh, that today presented by CRG Nordam. Uh, David, a couple things to cap off the Paddock Pass. One of the big questions talking to people in the Paddock was, you know, what's happening with Scusa Gearbox Racing? What's going to happen with the new IAMI SSE engine? Obviously now made available. Uh, Supercarts USI IAMI along with Billy Musgrave made a really cool video kind of detailing the installation of the engine. A uh, number of people already have the engine in hand. They're getting ready for 2019. It's going to be part of the Florida or the, uh, the Scusa Winter Series. But then the question we have talking to some people, why not just go KZ? Um, that really was, we're not going to get into that now, but I guess really just to let people know that that was a talking point in the paddock throughout the weekend. It was, and it, I think it'll continue to be until yep. uh, we really hit the track in, in January. Uh, with with the new engine package and probably will continue on after that too as well uh, depending on how things go but uh, yeah again it's just you know Scusa's Scusa and IME are working together to to provide a, a shifter solution that is economical and reliable and yep. and I think those are the two key factors of why they're doing this and you know again we wa- we don't know what's going to happen until until we hit the track really well, you know, the funny thing is you get a guy like Tom Kutcher, who, of course, is the president of Supercarts USA. He's getting ready to sit down and talk about, you know, what are we going to do in the, in the stock Honda engine? The parts are no longer available. You know, that was always uh, writing on the wall. Sooner or later, it was going to happen. People could talk about why you would bring out a new engine, whatever it may be. But people do need to remember this. Those of you who don't have the context, Tom Kutcher used to own a, a, a first he used to race Supercarts USA. So he raced the old ICC engines. He had a shop, Extreme Karting, that was, you know, went rent racing with Ronnie White and Matt Jaskell and Alan Shuto and Joe White. And, you know, he went racing with Extreme Karting. Here's a guy that knows what his engine bills were like, <laughs> you know, running ICC. It's an expensive package. People will tell you, no, it's not. Well, it is. It's, it's, it, we know that. It's, people are going to, it's, the, the development's gonna, is there. It's, it's expensive, more expensive to run. It's just an expensive engine. The concept with the IME SSE was, hey, can we can we get a motor that 
can produce a ton of horsepower, hence the 175, more more output. But then can we dial it down to a better RPM range to still have all that great? So we get the, we get the horsepower numbers. We, we get the um, we get the speed. We get the pace we're looking for. But you dial an engine down so that the reliability is going to be there. That I think in the end, people needed to realize that. The, and I, we're going to try to sit down with Kutcher, with, with Tom, and actually have an interview with him as well to kind of get him his thoughts about it a little bit. Because the bottom line, David, is that they're they're trying to come up with a solution that they think is better than the KZ program. That's really what it comes down to. Rely, like you said, more affordable and more reliable. That was that was their whole plan from the beginning. Yeah, reliability reliability is a big uh, a big issue. I think I think it's probably one of the bigger ones because uh, you know the longer you're able to use the engine uh, on its on a same piston or same rod and same bottom end, uh, you know, the better. long-term wise for four racers. So, um, you know, again, it's all still a wait and see type type situation. Yeah. We got a, we got a month and a bit, right? First race of the Scusa winter series, uh, second weekend in January. So there's going to be a lot of chatter over the next month, a month and a half about it. Once it hits the ground, uh, then we're going to get some real feedback on how it races and people are going to be racing the thing. And we're going to know about, uh, rebuild schedules, you name it. So there's still a lot to, to learn about it, but again, Scoos is all in. They've invested in this program, and that's going to be their their thing moving forward. Now, David, talking paddock pass, there was there was some pretty big names in the paddock. If you're if you're a, a lifetime karting fan and addict, you know you're, if you're one of these guys that just lives and breathes the sport, it, it, it was kind of head turning walking around and seeing the people that were in the paddock. I'll let you start to throw some names out, but man, there was some there was some star power in terms of world karting champions in the paddock this weekend. Well, I think the first name. Uh, is is someone we thought of going into the weekend and somebody we wanted to get there. And and then one night we just happened to see he was up in our tower, yeah. uh, which was the 1978 world karting champion, Lake Speed. Um, the only American ever to do so. Uh, loves karting, been involved karting his whole life pretty much and still karts today uh, in North Carolina. Uh, just happened to, uh, I think it was Thursday, we were, we were doing our qualifying coverage and and up he, he comes with uh, his old tuner and mechanic Lynn Haddock up in uh, up in our tower. So um, we got to talking with him, and we came up with the idea, and and Scusa was on board with it to make him the Grand Marshal uh, for the yeah. event. Now forty years after winning the uh, World Championship. Now let's put the asterisks on that because I know we said this a couple of times. He's not the only American world champion well, because of course well, logan logan Sargent, well, only world what? karting champion like senior All level right. he is the only senior american level. to do so junior yes the senior logan level. Sargent is a junior world champion that's two different categories <laughs> we got it we got to remember that i love it all right david's gonna give you the lowdown folks uh but add in terry fullerton of course with fullerton usa was over here terry fullerton champion in 73 uh, Daniel Rossi was here, Marco Artigo, Pedro Hiltbrand, Lorenzo Travis Anuto. We had some world champions, dude, at the Supernats this year. And some of them driving, some of them wrenching, some of them coaching. Um, some of them, like Terry, overseeing the program. Man, just, man, it's a star power. I love to see it there. It is. It's, uh, you know, I think we're starting to see that more and more every year uh, that we do have the Supernats. You know, we'd like to, we would have liked to have seen Artigo obviously racing. Uh, but uh, he was uh, on the coaching side instead. The uh, first time for Hiltebrand to be actually at the Super Nationals racing. Uh, he was there under the CRG Nordam tent, uh, racing both Pro Shifter and X30 Senior. 
Uh, and then obviously Lorenzo Travis Anuto, the uh, reigning world champion uh, yep. who provisionally won last year's Super Nationals. But again, the starting infraction uh, took the victory away for him and he was not able to uh, claim redemption. Yeah, I had some fun, though. We'll talk more about that when we get into the actual race report. Uh, capping off our paddock pass, Supercarts USA inducting its 2018 class. Uh, Fausto Vitello, uh, the late Fausto Vitello, the uh, founder of Track Magic Racing Carts. Uh, if you were around in karting in the mid-90s and early 2000s, that was one of those iconic names. Uh, the, of course, Track Magic program out of San Francisco, the uh, traditional yellow and black, that livery that they always ran. And, uh, you know, during the opening ceremonies, David, I kind of spit out some of the names of guys that uh, we remember running for Track Magic. Mamo Gidley, uh, of course, Jason LaPointe, uh, Kyle Martin, uh, Oliver Rowan, Brett Buckwalter, Landon Yee. Um, you know, you keep going. Rudolph ran it for, for a while. Bobby Wilson, Jonathan Bomarito, uh, Scott and Alex Speed both spent time on a, on a Track Magic. Um, just a lot of guys. Carlton. Uh, Gary, then let's go to the kind of the last iteration in the FTR chassis. Yeah, Gary Carlton. There you go, right there. And um, it's impressive, man. It's, it's, I, I think it's a, it's a very good pick to go into the Supercarts USA Hall of Fame. Because if you, if you talk about that momentum that Scusa had, uh, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, that's really what, you know, propelled them from what was at one point a Midwest regional series, took them to the national level. And I think, part of the fuel that made that exciting was track magic's commitment to the program and, uh, you know, putting great drivers up front on the, on the, the promoto tour, which really was that first thing that, that made Scusa the national power that it's become. I think you can kind of compare track magic to Margay, both being American manufacturers where yep. Margay has more of the historic factor with the sport in general, where, as you said, track magic was more, uh, part of the Scusa birth, you know, they were, they yep. were around it at the beginning and, and they fueled, like you said, they fueled a, a, a fire, not really a fire, but enthusiasm for shifter cart racing and, yep. you know, American made and a lot of people dug that, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't any other really American brand that was into shifter cart racing. So it was track magic. So if you wanted made in the USA, it was track magic and they made it right there in San Fran uh, area. Uh, you know, a lot of, like you said, a lot of the racers had their input in the actual chassis designs. So yeah. there, you know, that's, that, that's one of the key things I think that people dug with track magic and, and the name. So, uh, you know, obviously a true honor for, for that brand. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, Fausto, he, he was all about the innovation, wanted to push the envelope. He had his guys out at Dixon burning laps down, you know, prototype chassis all the time, changing stuff. And, uh, that was the part of the, the cool factor was they really did push the envelope and work hard. Now, in addition to Fausto Vitello, uh, the second uh, individual being named to the, the class of 2018 and well-deserved for Stan Brunarski, uh, longtime Supercarts USA official. He's run a couple of different regions, was brought in to run the Central States region. They, had, they brought him in to run the, the Colorado region for a while. He's just been, you know, the best line I would say, he's been a Scusa soldier for tw over 20 years. You know, working early Supernats. He was a promoter himself. Just a guy that's been part of this program. He bleeds Scusa Blue. And, uh, you know, it's good to see Stan get that award as well. And, of course, David, the 2016 and 2017 classes brought up as well to, to receive the new trophies designed and made by Chuck G Fabrications. Really cool trophy and good opportunity to bring all the Scusa Hall of Fame out for that uh, for the opening ceremonies. Yeah, and they were all there too, which was great. So uh, it was good to get uh, everybody the trophy that they deserved. 
you know, obviously a good little uh, uh, ticket to take home with them, uh, yep. leaving Supernats and, and Vegas in general, because not a lot of people get to take home things from Vegas. <laughs> right, you leave money there, right? Yeah, uh, yep. Okay, folks, uh, stick with us. More to come. Rob Howard alongside David Cole. Our debrief really starting to get into it now. It's race report time for Supernationals number 22. Hello, Carding fans. This is AJ Myers, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network. Fullerton. It's a name that's recognized around the globe in the sport of karting. And now... 1973 World Karting Champion Terry Fullerton puts his decades of experience and knowledge into his own Fullerton chassis. Fullerton USA is the importer for the chassis and offers a lineup that ranges from kit cards right through to shifter with frames specifically designed for cadet and senior competition. Fullerton scored six victories this year in WK X30 Senior Competition and went on to earn the season championship while also placing runner-up the USPKS program. The Fullerton chassis has also garnered multiple European national titles over the last two seasons. Learn more at Fullerton-USA.com or through our namesake at terryfullerton.co.uk. Racers west of the Mississippi should look up our West Coast dealer, Yesnick Racing, based in California at yesnickracing.com. Make sure to give us a follow on all of our social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're trackside, stop by the Fullerton USA Yesnick Racing Pit area to check out the carts and sit down with one of our representatives. Make the move a legend today. Fullerton Carts. Are you a cart shop owner looking for a new line of products to put on your sales shelf? If so, it's time to make a call to Courtney Concepts. Courtney Concepts is excited to introduce white box brake pads, which are available for Tony Kart and OTK, CRG Ven 05, Burrell Art, and Bennett Karts. They are available in medium and hard compounds. Courtney is also a distributor for a number of popular products used every weekend at the car track, including Motul Oil, RK and Regina Chain, and NKP. Other products that Courtney Concepts is proud to distribute include Eichel bearings, coil bearings, ARS oil seals, XAM sprockets, and Frixa brake rotors and pads. For more information on the products we distribute, head to CourtneyConcepts.com. Hello, karting fans. This is Sean Bailiff with Trendy Karting Group, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to episode number 37 of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole as we get ready to jump now into the race report. We're going to go class by class, give you a kind of an uh, a, a overview. Of course, you can see all the video on the Supercarts USA Facebook page. Make sure to get on there. If you're watching it, share it out again. Keep sharing it out on Facebook. We're getting more people to look at it, more views. More people get an opportunity to watch these this amazing coverage that Greenlight uh, Productions brought. This race report, this segment of the race report, rather, being presented by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. They specialize in IAMI engines, 
tillet seats, and of course, their championship-winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand in a weekday test outing or at a club event, to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. All right, David, first segment, we're going to hit X30 Junior, Mini Swift, Micro Swift, X30 Junior, Pretty darn impressive racing all the way through. A couple drivers still stepping up to go at it on Super Sunday. Yeah, uh, defending winner Jack Crawford uh, got out early uh, from the pole position. So we thought, you know, oh, it's his. He has it. We yeah. thought there was no way anybody was catching him. Well, Jeremy Fairburn decided, no, 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 this is my race to win. So <laughs> he started actually back in the 12th spot and was able to, to work his way up into second and ran down uh Crawford and it was an amazing drive uh from Fairburn had no we had we had no visions of him catching Crawford and he was able to run him down uh and and Fairburn actually becomes the 11th different winner in the category with no no ever no repeats ever in this category isn't that crazy it is isn't isn't it 11 different winners in X3 Junior yeah we know top drivers normally move on to senior or whatever else they do but man like nobody doubles up it's just it's unbelievable. And, and Crawford almost did it. Let's put it that way. That's how cool it is because Jack was quick all weekend long. Uh, was very strong. Almost backed up last year, but didn't get the job done. Jeremy Fairburn, as I predicted, mm. <laughs> able to get the win. Yes. Seventh victory. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll take my beating at the end when you talk about the, uh, the EK and predictions from David and I. I did not fare well uh, in the final tally. But I did win this one. I figured Jeremy was going to be good, and he was. He won. Uh, seventh win for Tony Cart in the category as well. They've had a, a really good run in X30 Junior. Now, wild last laps are what we like to see on Super Sunday. And we talked about how this layout kind of brought everybody close. At the end of a race, when you start going to that defensive mode because you're trying to win the Super Nats, that brings everybody back into the fight again. David Mini Swift, the last lap. Man, I was calling it on the on the uh, the video. Whew, what a what a battle for the race win. It was, and, and again, the mini category has always proven to be one of the wildest classes we see week in week out. Uh, and you know, we talked about the track layout a little bit earlier. Well, when we first saw it, we saw the the, the curbing on the what is really the outside of turn four and really the inside of turn five. It's a little kink uh, as you head towards turn six. Why do they have this curbing there? You know, we thought this is a stupid yep. spot to put a little curb there. Well, it ended up being a great idea for Scusi because it was basically the exit point. It was, do not go past this area or you're in the wall. Uh, and for Cruz, it's probably the greatest curb he's ever had seen on a racetrack <laughs> because if that curb was not there, he would have been in the wall. Uh, <laughs> it was a wild kind of last lap thing where, where everybody was kind of dicing for position and going through turn four. And as they came through turn four, Cruz found himself on the outside and flew over that turn five curb and actually held his line on the inside and got through turn six with the lead. And that was the winning move uh, to be able to hold on for the checkered flag. Uh, so, you know, Cruz should have probably went and gotten that curb and taken it off of the actual pavement and brought it home with him because that, that, that curb uh, pretty much won that race for him. Yeah, if the curb hadn't been there, the guys on the inside would have been able to push him out, and there's a good possibility he would have got into the barriers on the exit of the corner. Of course, the drivers that were on the inside of him knew that they had to come to the left a little bit to us not get in, into that curb themselves. So, yeah, then he just launched over top and held the position, and 
ends up winning over Nikita Johnson by 67 thousandths of a second. And now, you know, David, we could talk about Cruz considering the fact that the Rotax Grand Finals down in Brazil are now done. This kid's been just amazing. What a season as he wins the Scusa Winter Series title, podiums at the, the uh, Rotax U.S. Open, wins the WK Manufacturers Cup title, repeats his triumph at the International, IME International Final in France. He's a Super Nats winner as well, the first Super Nats win for Nitro Kart. And then he goes down and wins the Rotax Grand Final. Like, you got to be kidding me. This kid's this impressive. And just remember, Rob, he turned 10 years old this year in March. So wow. Wow. he's only 10 years old. So technically, he has two more years in cadets. But you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, he, I, you know, obviously, he's he's one of those drivers that, you know, they want to move him up into junior. So it's, it's kind of that question mark because, really, he doesn't turn 11 until March. And really, technically, junior is 12. But I don't, you know, it's so we'll see what happens. And the thing about it, too, is he ran micro max in in Rotax. It wasn't mini. It was micro. Yep. So uh, it's it's crazy to to see the amount of success that Cruz has had uh, in just, you know, the three years, four years that he's been uh, in cadet racing. He was also our our October driver of the month. And uh, it's going to be pretty hard not to make him back-to-back driver of the month. I think it's, you know what I mean? Like, Guy wins the Super Nats and he wins Rotax in November. Pretty darn impressive for Brent. Well, technically, it was December that he won the Rotax. So, ooh, you slider! So we're going to probably right. we're probably going to push him to December. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. Uh, that is harsh. All right, uh, let's go Micro Swift because um, I had mentioned that uh, Nitro Kart David getting their first Super Nats victory. Well, they actually ended up getting getting two. Pretty impressive run for uh, for Nitro Kart uh, as uh, Ben Mayer ends up uh, topping a really strong uh, micro field. Yeah, it was a great, great little lead pack that they had going there with four drivers kind of, you know, setting each other up, trying to figure it out. You know, Brinkman, Cameron Brinkman uh, on the Merlin was really strong uh, throughout the race, obviously had the fast lap of the race uh, being as quick as he was. Uh, just He just kind of was pl- figuring out where Mayer was good, where he was bad, and and uh, you know, made a couple of moves, had the lead, but uh, but Mayor was able to uh, to better him on the final lap and and hold on to the victory uh, over Brinkman with uh, Scusa Pro Tour champion Max Garcia in third spot for uh, his first Super Nationals. So uh, not a- yeah, pr- pr- I was pretty as you say, I was pretty impressed with Mac, uh, with Max Garcia. You know, coming in as the champion, remember we, we saw him kind of for the first time at the Winter Series um, down you know in Homestead, and like this kid's pretty impressive. He just, the way he developed throughout the year, he came in with so much confidence and momentum into the Supernats. He was just kind of, he kind of was just handling himself up front. You know, he just, just overall ends up third on the podium. But man, just an impressive Supernats for Garcia. It was an uh, impressive year for him, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, and him along with Mayer probably moving up to mini next year. So, uh, you know, it was a good, good close for their uh, micro careers, obviously. Uh, Brinkman, uh, earning his best Scusa result of 2018, obviously with the runner up, but, and then another good drive for probably his micro uh, finale was uh, Chuck Rafar or Chuck Rafar, Caleb Rafar uh, coming up to fifth uh, after starting 14th in the final. Interesting thing about Gefera, uh, the, the, you know, the big issue, not big issue. It kind of shows what happens when you have a tight field, like we had in, in micro and you have trouble in qualifying. Uh, Gaffer not able to get a qualifying, a fast qualifying lap in after a red flag for a flip. Um, f- uh, and then, of course, not able to get the engine started. So he starts dead last, 
uh, pass, I think, 65 carts in total in the heat races, uh, trying to work his way back forward, and then nine more in the final to get up to fifth. But, you know, the bottom line is when you're starting mid-pack, 14th was the start in position for Gaffera. Those leaders out front were smart. They hooked up. They pulled away. And Gaffera, you know, the best he could do was fifth. Great run. Great run. But, again, shows you how hard it is. When you don't have a good qualifying run at the Supernats, man, it just changes everything. It makes it so tough. Yeah, it was not a uh, Jeremy Fairburn performance, that's for sure. But uh, still, overall, <laughs> a great uh, great end for uh, Gaffar. So the uh, first three categories uh, wrapped up here for our race report. After this break, we're going to come back and talk about X30 Senior, KA100 Junior, Master Shifter, and KZ. Stick with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. I'm Jake Craig, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network. You've likely heard of us, and you may have seen us in the paddock. We're Mad Old Nut Racing, the official race team of Mad Croc Karting USA. You're going to see a lot more of us in 2019 as we expand our racing program in an effort to win more races while giving talented drivers the opportunities they need. Croc Promotions has some exciting developments coming in 2019, including a new dedicated facility to manufacture our carts in-house. We'll be in full control of our quality and material, and we'll be responsive to design updates that come from our R&D efforts. And when it comes to R&D for the U.S. market, we've signed reigning Scooter champion A.J. Myers for 2019, and he'll lead our team and will work to provide experience and insight for all of our drivers. We'll be front and center on the Supercar USA Winter Series and Pro Tour, and the California Pro Kart Challenge. We're also excited about our new connection with Checkered Motorsports on the East Coast. As a new dealer and official Mad Croc Karting USA team, Checkered Motorsports will provide our Mad Croc drivers with the opportunity to compete in the biggest events east of the Mississippi. If you're a driver who has talent and passion and you're looking for that opportunity to shine, contact us at Mad Old Nut Racing. Follow us on social media and don't waste any time in contacting us if you're looking for a top-quality, affordable, race-winning chassis or a spot in a team that places talent and commitment over the bottom-line finances of karting. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Trained with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races 
by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. This is Jim McKinney, and you're listening to EKN Radio Network 24-7. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, uh, this debrief... uh, presented first on the radio network then we'll turn it into a podcast that you'll be able to download to your uh, your mobile device otherwise make sure you have the EKN app on the phone boom click your 24/7 carding content the EKN radio network 365 days a year this segment of the race report brought to you by precision carding technologies with over 40 years of manufacturing experience precision carding technologies is the leader in american made components we produce high quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, and bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. With over 70 dealers through the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family-owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. All right, David, X30 Senior, bottom line, it's the UFC. (laughs) You know what I mean? These guys are out there, elbows up. You're talking three-time Rotax Grand Finals winner. We got two world karting champions. You got that sibling duo from Canada in the hunt in the uh, the Lupians. Put them up against the best drivers in the USA, and that's the X30 Senior Final at the Super, on Super Sunday. It was it was just one of those ones where everybody was on their edge of their seat. You couldn't have asked for much more, and it was perfect for the TV coverage. Man, it was fun to watch. Yeah, we we've seen in the past where we've had walkaways in this category, and yeah. it just seems to be every year the lead pack gets getting bigger and bigger and <laughs> bigger, and it's it's really just kind of you know uh, you know the last few lap kind of chess game is like okay who's who's going to go for it and when when are you going to go for it and and really that's what we saw uh, you know with Christian Brooks he was a guy that went for it. I like it. That, that, that to me that's the deal. Go for it. Like. You know, it was 25 lappers. So the first 20 laps kind of felt like a chess match, as you said, right? They were just kind of going back and forth. You know, where do I want to position myself? I'll go back to fifth. I'll work my way back up to second. It was just one of those races where you know everything was coming to a head on the last lap, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, You know, uh, being the world champion, Travis Anuto kind of put himself where he wanted to be, which was in the lead. And he left just enough room where Brooks used that turn four curbage to uh, to kind of get inside and at the corner, uh, you know, with the contact with the curb, it created contact with Travis Anudo that sent them both drifting out wide towards that turn five curbage that uh, or the Brent Cruz curb, we should call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And that allowed really uh, Ben Cooper to slip right on past five, both of them uh, heading into turn six. You know, a wild ending, of course. He gets through. He gets the lead. goes on to get the win uh, coming out of the final couple of corners with a bit of a gap. Uh, Zane Maloney from Barbados fighting it out with Samuel Lupian and then Cedric Lupian. Uh, Maloney ends up in second. Cedric Lupian in third. Great, Just a great overall weekend for the Rawlison Performance Group driver. Christian Brooks able to continue on. He had enough forward momentum. He ends up finishing fourth but gets a 10-position penalty for that contact in turn four with uh, Travis Anuta, who ended up in sixth. 
Uh, Ryan McDermott actually works his way up onto the podium, running that number six for Robert Wickens. Made it three Canadians, essentially Canadians on the on the podium, and Loopy and McDermott and Cooper. Uh, and then Jake Craig, top USA driver after that last lap kind of scramble. He he slides through uh, to cap the podium. David, just the finish we were hoping for in terms of excitement. And man, you could from where we were at, at start finish, you could just hear the gasp of everyone when the contact was made. You could. It, it was just, you know, that that's kind of why we wanted those grandstands all next to each other, right next to us. And and to kind of get that, you know, that kind of uh, stadium feel, you know, where yeah. everybody's enjoying and watching the same thing and enjoying it. And just, you know, that's that's that that type of race is, is what you want to see every Super Nationals. Let's take a little second to talk a bit about Ben Cooper. I had chat with him, you know, before we went green uh, when I was rolling around the paddock on Tuesday and, and Hey, you know, Ben, you're, you're coming back. It was a late announcement that you're going to be running with Mike Ralston and his crew. Um, you know, what brought you back, man? You, you, you got your own racing Academy up in, up in Quebec. Um, you know, what brought you back? And he said, it's the super Nats. I wanted to be here, but I, I wanted to know if I was going to, if I was coming that I was going to, that I was able to win. I was only going to come if I thought I could win. He, you know, I didn't find out until our podium interview that he really, I knew he had dedicated himself to coming out. But, dude, he loses 20 pounds, gets into some of the best shape of his life, goes all in. And, yeah, he wasn't the guy that made the last lap pass. But he, you put yourself in a position to win. And especially in the last lap, P3 is not the worst place to be. And we know that things can happen. And he was there. P3 pounced on it, took, took the win. Just another feather in what is a tremendous uh, resume for Ben Cooper. No, I think I think we've seen that in the last three years now. Third place is where you want to be on the yeah. last lap. I think uh, Jake Craig won his from third place. I think Pagano was right there in third place. Uh, you know, and then Joshua Carr was second and won won his yep. <laughs> won his race last year. So um, yeah, first might not might not be the position you want to be in unless you're able to get away. Let's move to uh, our first of the KAs. I know that you were very excited to see the KA program at the Super Nationals. Uh, just the, the the racers they brought out were more of like that, you know, that regional racer guy. There were some national guys, but a lot of regional guys in there as well. That or some older guys in the in the senior category. When we get to that, but KA one hundred junior, David, a, a two driver show. Uh, James Wharton from Australia, Connor Zilich from the USA, old school hundred cc battle. Well, yeah, I thought, you know, the KA category provides that that pack mentality. And I thought we were going to see that in, in both of them. Uh, unfortunately, it was only two drivers uh, in KA Junior, but that was just because these two drivers were were clearly uh, quicker than anybody else in the field. So, you know, it was kind of that uh, Aussie versus uh, USA battle that uh, we were kind of hoping to see because after all, the KA engine was created for the Australian market. And then we've we've taken it over, <laughs> and it's been it's obviously growing like wildfire now. Uh, James Wharton, the Aussie, ends up winning from the pole position. Connor Zilich in second, uh, thirty four thousandths of a second at the line. The podium completed by Caden Wharf, Dylan Christie, and Bryson Morris when all the uh, penalties were laid out and, and the dust had settled. Uh, overall, I think K one hundred and the junior category really making an impression in their first run at the Supernats. Yeah, actually, no, no uh, penalties uh, in the top five for that yeah, category. So back, it was, yep. it was kind of a good race uh, for third. Uh, you know, with Wharf winning that battle, but uh, yeah, overall, good racing in the category. Uh, you know, the kind of the disappointment we saw was uh, Oliver Calvo going for the ten grand after winning 
uh, both the IKF Grand Nationals and Streets of Lancaster in the category. Uh, just didn't quite have the week that he that he wanted, obviously, with not winning. And just I think he had the speed, just wasn't able to make the right decisions and, and put himself in position yeah. to uh, to get that money. He had I think he had one mechanical, I believe, or something like that, right? One of the heat races. He actually, mm-hmm. he actually came from deeper in the field and had a pretty good run in the final, as I remember. But, uh, yeah, it was tough. $10,000 up for grabs after those two big wins. Not quite uh, for Oliver Calvo. Let's go to Master Shifter. David, there, we saw a couple of the races and the cool-down laps afterwards when you really saw that, you know, the explosion of, of emotion where it just, you know, though I've just won the Super Nats. And this was one of them. I think that uh, uh, the legend Rob Logan, obviously just, you know, loving the fact that he was running good, was wanting to get out of the gate quickly to, to get that Super Nats win. And man, uh, uh, the whole shot of, of his life, probably for Logan, as he just bolts away from the field on the opening lap. Yeah, again, not a category we thought we would see a driver uh, dominate uh, in the main event because the heat races obviously showed that with yeah. with Jordan Musser, Ryan Kinnear, Jason Faint, all right there uh, within within Rob Logan's reach, actually getting him on the third heat race. So um, we thought we were going to have the same type of battle. But yeah, like you said, that was just a whole shot of legend by Rob Logan to I- be able to, to get away. And then he puts it down. Like, you know, you get that lead, David. You talked about the fact that they kind of reeled him in in the, the third heat race. Rob went on the defensive early in, in heat one and heat two, held everybody back. Uh, but, in, you know, he just was able to get that lead. And Man, you, we all know how hard it is to win races against a, a, a tough field. Add in the Super Nationals prestige and the stress. Uh, Rob goes out and puts in, you know, 20 impressive laps to be able to pull away and win that deal. And then again, as I said, the emotion that he showed afterwards, that's the kind of thing, you know, my, the hair was standing up on my arms because that's, that's what this race means to a lot of people. It means that to me, I, I've announced all 22 of them. This is my race. And to see that kind of emotion, same went with Billy Musgrave, you know, you get that emotion for, for a win like that. It's, I just think it was an impressive performance, really solid. Well, and it was pretty cool. You know, he was, you know, he was probably one of the best uh, winning speeches other than Cooper. Yeah. Uh, and then the thing I kind of took from it was that he thanked the uh, Ryan Beechner who who helped give him in carding at the beginning. I think he said, what, 15 years ago or yeah. something like that. So, you know, to be able to remember that, you know, obviously me, I've been involved in carding through my family. So, I, you know, I obviously thank my family. But to be able to remember that person and to to thank that person uh, for, for a win like this, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, and you know, Rob, obviously, uh, thank Darren Elliott as well. Those two guys went back and forth. You know, Darren was kind of a mentor for Rob for, for a number of years. Uh, and Rob had his whole family there. You know, they were, they were up with, in the tower and they were enjoying it. And I think it just made it such a, such a special deal. And you're, and you're winning against amazing guys. You know, last year's winner, Ryan Kinnear, right in there for second. Uh, we know that Jason Faint from Australia, always in the hunt. He ends up in third. Three-time Scusa Pro Tour champion Jordan Musser in fourth, and then Supermaster Pro Tour champion John Crow in fifth. Um, that's a pretty stout competition. Not only did he win, but he was able to win over essentially the best we have to offer in terms of Master Shifter racing. Yeah, without a doubt. And and those guys, you know, it's kind of like the cadet mentality where you got to work together in order to catch the leader. Well, these guys didn't want to work together at all. <laughs> no, they didn't. Hey, do we give do we give some props to the Crow Show? The mass, Supermaster Pro Tour champion battling up there into third at one point. Man, he uh, 
John's dedicated himself to the sport this year as well. It's paid off with a bunch of championships. Uh, he's won, what, 30-something races this year, running, of course, the combined S4 Master, Supermaster class in Master Shifter. A couple of these guys he's racing are 20 years younger than him. That's pretty damn impressive. John Crow on the podium in fifth. Well, not to mention the uh, Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix scholarship that he has for yeah. 2019. So, you know, he he's definitely had the season – the most memorable season ever that he's had so far. Let's cap off this segment of our race report with a look at KZ, obviously $10,000 up for grabs each and every year. This one was all Marion Kremers until the red flag. <laughs> yeah. Kremers was the fastest guy all weekend long, uh, able to get out to a lead, had a pretty solid little advantage day, but my mind is like two seconds or something like that. I think at one point, at least yeah. closing of three, uh, it was his. He had it locked and loaded for PSL on the uh, on the Burrell. Red flag. Uh, Tyler Kaufman uh, getting into the into the wall. Red flag. We go back to green and Leonardo Lorandi. Uh, you know, on the parallel for Baby Race, jumps, takes advantage of it, takes the lead, and and holds on for the victory. Ten grand. That's a tough one for Kremers, I think, to swallow. Yeah, and it was not a red flag that you couldn't not throw. I mean, that was it was a pretty horrific crash. Uh, with Kaufman's body flailing and doing 360s all over the pavement, so yep. uh, it was it was not a an incident that you could have said, "Oh, we can we can hold this off." It was it was a bit sketchy, uh, and obviously, uh, you know, good on the officials to call it. Uh, unfortunate for Kremer, though, and costing him the title and the 10k. Uh, Maximilian Paul and uh, Noah Molell on the podium for the first time at the Super Nats. And wow, what a sh- what a run all weekend long for Kyle Wick. Last year, making his debut in the Pro S1 category, he makes his debut in KZ and puts it on the podium. Kid out of, uh, out of Auburn, Washington. Real impressive on the CRG. It was uh, very impressive. You know, last year we saw him in his Pro Shifter debut at the Super Nats uh, do very well until contact took him out. So, uh, obviously he has a niche, a niche for, uh, racing at the super nationals. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do again next year. Yeah. You know what? Any time someone could perform on the biggest stage, really that that's, I think a show of, of what the kids uh, made of second, of course, in the pro tour this year, Kyle Wick, uh, if he does return in 2019, we'll have the national number two plate. Uh, a guy that we figured David, I think, was going to walk away with the the his his uh, fourth win, Paulo DeCanto. Uh, he and Ron White both getting removed from the results for working on their carts during the red flag. That uh, that was kind of a surprise to I think both of us. It was, and and I think really DeCanto lost it all in the heat races when he made that contact with Kremers that obviously yep. uh, put him further back in the field uh, and put him down at on the grid. So uh, again, obviously allowed Kremers to uh, to close up. And, you know, who's to say that DeCanto wouldn't have been on the podium after the red flag if it were not for uh, the pushback bumper that he decided to uh, unpush? <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. Okay, guys, uh, we've got one more run, uh, one more segment here for the racer part. We've got to talk about KA100 Senior, X30 Master, and, of course, we'll cap things off with Pro Shifter. Stick with us. More to come on episode number 37 of The Debrief. This is Brian Jarscrack, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network. Your engine is the heart of your car. If you're going to race for the podium, your engine needs to be at its absolute best. 
and Allison Racing Engines is where race winners and champions take their two-cycle engines. And so should you. Allison Racing Engines is one of the sport's leading engine building services for IAMI, Vortex, and Yamaha power plants, producing winning motors for national, regional, and club racers. Allison Racing Engines has won races and championships on the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the WKA Manufacturers Cup, United States Pro Kart Series, and in Rock Cup USA competition. This weekend, they'll be gunning for their third straight Scusa Super Nationals win in the Mini Swift class. Thomas Naveau won with Allison Racing Engine in 2016, and they powered Connor Zilich to the top step last year. They're proud of their driver lineup this year, and they're prepared to do it again. If you're interested in selecting Allison Racing Engines for your IAMI, Vortex, and Yamaha service needs in 2019, contact Brandon Jenkins directly at 317-522-7111. Make sure to visit allisonre.com and give them a follow on Facebook. The Kart Republic has arrived in the USA, and it's taking the world by storm. Kart Sport North America is North America's exclusive importer and distributor for Dino Chiesa's Kart Republic chassis. Kart Republic has been racking up numerous national and international titles across all classes in its inaugural year of competition, including this year's CIK FIA World Championship. The team has arrived at drive seats and support spots available for the SCUSA Winter Series, USPKS, and WK Manufacturers Cup competitions. So call us today to reserve your own winning Kart Republic. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Kartsport also offers driver training and coaching programs, kart service and storage, and full retail sales with the top brands in the sport, available in their 6,000-square-foot retail space, as well as their online store. Kartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Give us a call today at 855-527-8776 or visit us online at kartsportna.com. Hello, karting fans. This is JH Motorsports, and you're locked into EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Rob Howden, uh, joined by David Cole as we break down the Scusa Super Nationals. We're a couple of weeks away uh, from the end of the event. David and I did a bunch of sleeping. We reconnected with family and uh, kind of decompressed and caught back up. We're going again. Let's jump into the final little bit here. The race report, this segment brought to you by ePart Trade. ePart Trade. Electronic Performance and Racing Trade is a trade-only online product sourcing platform connecting performance parts suppliers with racing business professionals around the world. The ePart Trade platform is technology first for sourcing. The ePart Trade platform is interactive. Suppliers and buyers can connect with each other directly for more information or to request specific quotes on products. The ePart Trade platform is updated daily by our suppliers with new information, offers, and more. The ePart Trade platform is the future of the motorsports industry and how we work together. Log in and join now for free at www.eparttrade.com. The racing world is changing and ePart Trade is changing it. Welcome to the future. David, KA100 Senior. I know you were fired up for this one here. We got 
badasses from the east. We got badasses from the west. Everybody kind of came together. We got badasses from Australia. What a battle in K100. That was so much fun to watch. It certainly was. It yeah. was It was probably next to, to KZ and, and uh, X30 Senior. It was the, the one class I wanted to see. You know, this, this KA100 package is doing a lot for the sport. Uh, bringing essentially bringing some guys up from Briggs racing or bringing guys down from X30 senior that, that kind of that middle ground that, uh, you know, uh, that not too hard on your body, but yet some fun, fast racing. Yeah. Not as hard on the wallet either. Right. That's the, that's the deal. It's, it's, you're paying for the speed a little, it's a little less aggressive in terms of driving, but it's also a little aggressive, less aggressive on your wallet. It's a lot, it's a more budget minded deal, but the, the competition is so good still. Very good. Uh, yeah, that's all we've seen all year long yeah. uh, on, in the USPKS program and WK competition. And now, obviously, Scoos is on board with it, uh, you know, bringing it to the Super Nationals. And then, obviously, it's going to be part of uh, all the programs in 2019 as well. So, uh, you know, this, you know, we we were thinking a bigger lead group, but uh, this one was only four drivers uh, going at it. Uh, Dakota Pesic was able to grab the pole position uh, through the heat races. Uh, he was among those, along with Stephen Barros, Josh Holtz, and Colton Ramsey. Uh, those four were kind of going at it back and forth a little bit. Uh, Pesic actually was uh, was was absent uh, at the end after he made uh, contact with the wall, uh, coming to the white flag, uh, fighting with Stephen Barros for position. So uh, that moved Barros up into third uh, with Ramsey in the lead and Holtz in second. Uh those two kind of went at it a little bit. And then Barros uh, was able on the final lap to go from third to first in the final two laps, making the pass yeah. in the same corner, turn nine, which we <laughs> thought that wasn't going to be a passing opportunity. Well, Barros proved us wrong, uh, making both of his passes in that corner to, uh, to grab the victory. He was definitely pushing my voice on the play-by-play because I was like so fired up with back-to-back passes like that. The the way the the race kind of unfolded over the last couple of laps, you talk about Pesic tapping the wall a little bit. I I was really expecting Josh Holtz to be right in there as he was. Colton Ramsey got better and better throughout the weekend. Man, it was it was just great racing all around. You know, to interview Barros. Um, on the podium, he was just, Steven's just such a great guy. Great. I'd say great kid, but he's not a great kid anymore. Um, it's just such a great guy. And to see him get that victory and there was the emotion from winning there, you know, he said he'd always wanted to win the super Nets and it was, it it was, he, you know, was he going to be able to do it next 30 senior? You know, when was the opportunity going to come? This K 100 program provided him with the opportunity he needed. He was there. And like you said, David, a couple of passes on the last couple of laps. That's, that's going and getting it. You know what I mean? That's not, you're not defending. You're not making that one pass. That's like coming to the final, you know, the final run through and really getting down and going and getting a win. That was well-deserved, I think. Yeah, it was just the in, in the area that he did it. You know, there's just enough room for a cart to get in there. And, you know, so if you're if you're leading, you could you can hug it tighter, but that's going to hurt your exit speed and going to hurt you at the end of the straightaway. So, you know, he, you know, the veteran that he was, that he is, took advantage of, of the spot and, and it paid off. And, you know, as you said, it's a great opportunity for people who don't quite have the, uh, the, the advantage in X 30 senior or, or another category to come in and do it in K 100. I cap off the full top five, the full podium, David and K 100 senior. Well, Hotes had it and then lost it 
So uh, he actually finished second, but uh, suffered a uh, jump start penalty. So that dropped him down to third, which moved Colton Ramsey then up to second. Uh, Australian Scott Foster was then up to fourth with uh, Pesic dropping out there towards the end. Uh, and then Thomas Mejia was actually fifth, but he suffered a pushback penalty, which took him off the podium and put Nick Ramirez into fifth. Pretty, uh, once we jump into here to X30 Master, we can talk about how cool of a weekend it was for the Fosters, right? <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty good way to wrap up Super Sunday for the, for those guys. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Scott <laughs> being the, uh, the son of Kip Foster and X30 yeah. Master, Definitely a uh, a good week. Obviously, they would have wanted maybe one more victory, but uh, all in all, two podiums for for those guys. It's just isn't it? Well, it's, let's just jump right into X thirty Master right now. It's so hard to 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 vote against Kip Foster being in the fight for the race win at the Super Nats. He joins the three time Winter Club now. He's just man. He's just he was dominant all weekend long. There was other guys that were there. Great speed, Matt Johnson, Billy Cleveland, super fast. Renato David was in there, Jason Burns, Derek Wang. But it just seemed like Foster had full control of every one of the races he was in. Yeah, it seemed like Burns had the pace to uh, to be able to to get him, uh, as we saw in the in the uh, in the prefinal or not prefinals, the heat races. Uh, it seemed like Burns was kind of just not making sure he he took both of them out and and just decided to settle for for second in, in one of the heat races. But, uh, yeah, once, once it's main, main event time, I mean, Foster just lights up and, and very tough to beat, you know, this race though, you know, it, it looked like Johnson was going to be there to be able to, uh, to challenge for it. But, uh, you know, with, through all their shuffling, uh, for the lead, uh, he made contact with Derek Wang. Uh, so that took both of those guys out that allowed Burns to come up, uh, and somewhat challenge, uh, Foster, but not never really being able to be close enough to uh, to make an a, attempt for a pass. Yeah, true enough. It ends up being an Aussie one, two, first and second. Uh, Foster and Burns. You know, Matt Johnson's a guy that we've watched for you know the last dozen years or, or more. Uh, always, always a fan of the way he drives with his aggression. He kind of reminds me of a younger Billy Cleveland. I think you know, with that such talent, uh, the aggression there when needed. Matt Johnson has kind of arrived on the X30 Masters scene, and I think we're going to see him for the next 10 to 15 years kicking some ass and winning races. Um, he had a great run, as you said. Renato David always in there. He ends up in third. Billy Cleveland and Scott Saunders fourth and fifth when we came around to the podium, but both those drivers getting some penalties for pushback and for blocking. That moves uh, Laurent Tumardin on the Techno up into four spot. Luis Schiavo uh, rounds out the top five in X30 Masters. But again, Kip Foster joining that three-time winner club. There's not a lot of drivers who have won three. Only one has won four every year, though. We had another three-time winner, a couple of them, and that's going to open up for another four-timer well, coming soon. Technically, now, David, oh, technically he's crossed the line yeah. five times as the winner. Five times. That's so, true. That's yes. Yeah, on track. Yeah, a couple of a couple of uh, technical DQs, but yeah, really, he's 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 taken the checkered flag. Kip Foster has five times, which is wild. No doubt about it. David, let's cap off with Pro Shifter. Uh, it was the last race of the day. And interesting, with the flip uh, we had with Kaufman and we pushed the time, got pushed back, we ended up having to, to stop and have a break before we wrapped up the last couple of classes. How did you like Pro Shifter on Super Sunday under the lights? Pro, uh, I think we need to have KZ, Pro Shifter, and X30 Senior, both all three under the oh, lights. Under the lights. On Sunday. 
I oh, think, man. I think you know, being back at the Rio under the lights with the strip in the background, you know, I mean, it the, the, the visual doesn't get any better than that. I agree. It's the the ambiance of that race and everybody still being super psyched up and it was just man it was uh it, we've never done it right we've always tried to be done before uh the sunset hits um that was always the key it's scheduled correctly we're trying to make sure for the for for cameras and for video that the lighting is good enough man the lighting was so badass under the lights with the darkness everybody going to the clear visor as they came out of the final corner down the straightaway, the green light camera picked it up. Billy Musgrave, you could see right into his eyes as he rolled through turn 12. The visuals, the, the TV, the coverage of Pro Shift are probably the best all weekend long, in my opinion. Well, I think as we saw Saturday during the uh, the, the, the uh, uh, practicing, the, the walkthrough of the production, yep. we saw that night racing kind of stood out a little bit better than in a day race. So... You know, maybe that that might sway Supercards USA to maybe move some of these main events into the to the afternoon, early evening positions. Because again, I mean, we're we're, we're all going to be there Sunday night anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what's a what's a couple hours a little bit later? You know, maybe start the day a little bit later instead of everybody getting on track at eight in the morning. Maybe we delay it till nine or ten. Yeah. So. Um, I, I really think that that might be a good move for Supercarts USA. We'll just have to wait, you know, 11 months to see. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it changes so much the, the weekend. Everybody was, you know, the, the after party at the Voodoo Lounge, which, you know, we're, as we're back at the Rio, everybody's up at the Voodoo Lounge for the after party. Always a great time. You're still waiting. Like nothing really gets rolling there until 11 o'clock at night anyway. So I, it's I think it's definitely an option. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely something they need to look at. But let's talk about the race itself. Bottom line is another three-time winner now. Billy Musgrave, David, just flat dominates the 25-lap final. Back-to-back jacks in pro shifter the Supernats, matching that record of Danny Formal, who won in 15 and 16. You throw in Musgrave's uh, 2012 win over Sabre Cook and, uh, in the S2 category, and man, uh, three-time winner Billy Musgrave, just what a dominant year in terms of pro kart challenge, Lancaster Supernats for Billy Musgrave. Well, definitely with the victory that pretty much locked him up for our EKN driver rankings in the stock moto number one position. So, uh, yep. you know, definitely uh, Billy will be part of the uh, Bell Athlete program in 2019. So it'll be cool to see him wearing the Bell helmet. Uh, but again, yeah, it's just, a, you know, obviously there's the one blemish, you know, Musgrave obviously would have, I think he would trade in the Supernats win for a Pro Tour title. Mm, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe that because the way that he the way he felt uh, after Newcastle and that's, I think, kind of determined it, it kind of drove him into uh, the Lancaster victory that he did. And then, of course, obviously the win here in Vegas. Yeah, it, you look at the Pro Tour, right? The the Scusa Pro Tour champion, A.J. Myers, right there all week long as well. His uh, Supernats debut running the Mad Croc for Mad Old Nut Racing and, you know, A.J., debuted for them at the streets of Lancaster, but it got a better feel for the Mad Croc. They got her dialed in, and he was in the hunt the whole time. He ends up finishing second at the Supernats. Uh, fourth straight podium for New Zealand's Matt Hamilton. You know, David, over the years that we've been covering the Supernats and Lancaster as well, Matt Hamilton, just such a talent. Great to have him up here, of course, running with the Luminos. Fourth straight podium in the the Pro Shifter class. Isn't that, isn't that to me, that's just amazing. 
Tremendous. It, it is considering the fact that he's a master champion. Yes. And then and then he went down, he goes down uh this past week and was in contention to win the DD2 master title down there in uh Brazil. So yeah. uh Hamilton is obviously uh, a shoe uh one of the best around the world. Uh and then not only does the four straight podiums at the Supernats prove that, but the performance he had uh down in Brazil. In Brazil. Uh, speaking of down in Brazil, Danny Formal ends up with a second place, I believe, down in Brazil for the Rotax Grand Final. Ends up fourth after recovering from a pretty tough qualifying run uh, here in the Pro Shifter class of the Supernats. He ended very similar to, to, to Matt Hamilton. His fourth podium in five years, two of them being victories. Danny Formal uh, ends up in fourth. Kyle Wick, as we said, double duty, double podium on the week as he gets another fifth place finish. Yeah, great. You know, another great performance by Wick. Just not quite enough to uh, to be in the hunt for the victory. But, uh, you know, anytime you land on the podium twice, let alone in the same day, uh, it's it's pretty stout. Folks, that wraps up our race report. Episode number 37 of the EKN debrief. Uh, we've uh, blasted well past the hour mark. So this is going to end up being probably about a, a 90 minute show. We thank you for tuning into the EKN radio network. We appreciate it. Let's uh, wrap things up as we always do. Have a look at the EKN trackside live race calendar. Uh, this one presented by the Rawlison performance group at the Rawlison performance group. We strive for ultimate success. We're more than just an arrive and drive race team with countless wins on the national and regional level. Our focus is on complete driver development, and that's where the success is fueled. We combine one-on-one coaching, on-track instruction, and intensive data debriefing with unparalleled cart and engine prep. Our program will help you raise your game, and we'll take you to the next level. If that's your goal, RPG needs to be your next move. So, David, we're really resetting the EKN Trackside Live race calendar because we capped off the year already, of course, our EKN Trackside Live Tour, 24 events in 2018, all brought to you by Cooper Tire. We do thank the good folks at Cooper Tire for uh, partnering with us here in the 18. Uh, it's always the, the, the question, Dave, is, is Daytona Cart Week for WK, is it part of 18? Is it part of 19? <laughs> we'll call it part of 19, essentially. Uh, December 28, 29, 30. David, you're heading back down to Daytona International Speedway for WKA Cart Week. I'm really just looking forward to warm weather again because this cold, <laughs> this cold weather sucks. It's only been two weeks and I'm already done with it. I bet, I bet. <laughs> but again, Daytona could be cold because we've been there where it's 40 degrees and miserable. I yep. mean, it could be sunny and 40, but still miserable. I would much rather be 80 and sunny. We're going to give you uh, our next four events on the EKN Trackside Live Tour. And again, all these events you'll be able to pick up uh, on the EKN page ecartingnews.com slash live. That's where we'll have our live coverage. And then, of course, we'll take the audio from those. David will p- package them up, and we'll have that on the EKN Radio Network in the week pa- week following the event. Uh, a couple weeks after that, David and I are heading down to AMR uh, Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires, for the first round of the Supercarts USA Winter Series, January 11th, 12th, and 13th. David, back down to Homestead and the debut of the, of the IAMI SSE 175cc shifter engine. It's, you know, it's it's here. Scoos is going all in. It'll be interesting to see how that thing races. It'll be, yeah, it'll be a new look regarding class structure, obviously, because we, as we yep. debuted the, uh, the four, uh, three, three shifter master classes. So uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a new look kind of format for that. Um, 
But again, back to Homestead uh, for the first of two weekends down there. The second weekend of the, the Winter Series, I'll actually be by myself. David and, uh, David and I are going to go double duty, split duty rather. He'll be on the West Coast at the Challenge of the Americas opener at Cal Speed Karting Center in Fontana. That's February 8th, 9th, and 10th. It'll be a double weekend in terms of coverage. We'll have two options of how you can tune in. Uh, we'll actually be, uh, myself, I'll be at the second rounds of the Scusa Winter Series back to, to Miami Homestead again where they will uh, run counterclockwise. They're going to have two different uh, directions for the Supercarts USA Winter Series. But, David, you'll be back out to start off a new season of uh, Challenge of the Americas Rock Cup Racing. Yeah, a bit of a later start. Uh, typically, they begin in January, but uh, he's Andy Sazeman has shifted a little bit, so he's going February, March, April this year. Uh, but it, we're starting it out in Speed Karting Center in Fontana, Fontana California. Uh, so first time, I think, in a ever i really i think that the uh the cal speed will be the the opening uh location for the series agreed and it will be your first in and out burger of the 2019 season burger tour 2019 burger hashtag burger tour 2019 all right david that's it for the ecan trackside live race calendar brought to you by the rollis and performance group let's cap off this debrief with a bit of a wrap-up, you've got four things down in your notes. Let's talk a little bit about the Constructors' Championship breakdown. Which manufacturers were able to score victories in Las Vegas this year? Well, as we talked about earlier, Nitro Kart picked up their first ever Super Nationals victory, actually picking up two. So they uh, were among the best, along with Tony Kart, actually picking up two wins uh, on the Super Sunday as well. Cosmic, Kart Republic, CRG, Parolin, KF. First, again, another first winner at the Supernats and Illuminos all with one victory. So a uh, good, uh, diverse of uh, chassis brands that won uh, on Super Sunday in the 10 categories that we had. Yeah, pretty good cross-section of uh, the manufacturers able to taste victory at the biggest race of the year, the Scusa Super Nationals. Again, Rob Howden alongside David Cole wrapping up this debrief. All right, David, this is, you know what, I'm going to give you the floor. You can put the beat down in terms of the EKN predictions contest. I thought I was going to be good. I came out of the box with an X30 junior. I, I called Fairburn's win. Didn't go well for me after that. Not bad. I I will <laughs> say, hey, it, you know, if you, if you want to look at overall top five on our predictions, I had 40%. You had 38 So overall, yeah. pretty good for both of them. Typically, I'd like to be over 50%, but uh, overall, you know, at least we were pretty similar. Uh, You know, again, and then as you said, you picked one winner, correct? You picked Jeremy Fairburn. Uh, The other one was Kip Foster and X30 Master. I myself picked Ben Mayer and Micro and Billy Musgrave uh, in Pro Shifter. So those were my two correct winners that uh, we selected. You rocked Master Shifter, though. You didn't get the winner, but all five... you. Your your top five you picked, the podium you picked, all ended up being on the podium. That's pretty solid. Yeah, all f- I had all five on the podium, not in the correct positions, but still all five. So that gave me some bonus points. Uh, on the flip side, neither of us picked anybody in X30 Senior. <laughs> uh, so we scored zero points for, uh, for that category. Uh, and then we scored identical in KZ with our only selection being Mark Kremer's or margin crummers in second. We both got second. that correct. And so, listen, uh, X30 senior. I think we both had Travis Anuto in there. He ends up being off the podium because if, if it wasn't for that last lap, we would have got at least something, right? We would have had Come a on. bunch. I think, 
I think one of us had to have Brooks in there. You know, I had Jarza crack in there. He was in the hunt till that last, till that turn six crap happened. Um, you know, Jake Craig was another one that was right there. Could have been in there, but just, just not there close enough. So I think the loopians kind of screwed everything up because neither of us had the loopians in there. And then of course, Ben Cooper, because you know, Ben Cooper, you know, we, it's, if we would have known his training regiment, we probably would have picked him to win. Potentially, you know, and we probably, did did one of us not pick Sam Lupian, national number two on the pro tour? I'm surprised that we, I'm surprised that we wouldn't have picked Samuel. Uh, Yeah. Anyways, whatever. (laughs) Let's let's talk, let's let's get off of this. No, Done. No, 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 no. So we have the points total now. That I didn't. I, oh, I waited till yeah. the end. So the points. So right. when you look at all that. The amount of you know you get points for correct position, or just one point for having them in the top five. Or as I said in in Master Shifter, I got bonus points for having all five in there. You know, I had a lot of bonus points. You didn't have very many bonus points. But when you break down the points, I had fifty two points. You had 33. It was kind of a landslide. It was, you know, (laughs) wow. It was kind of like the Bears beating the Bills type deal a little bit, you know. Or can't you mean kind of like Ohio State beating Michigan? You, ah, yes. You're lucky I can't. No, I'm not going (laughs) to. All right. Well, congratulations. Congratulations, David. Good job. Good. Some good selections. Let's let's cap things off. Last couple of bits. Bottom line, David, great to be back at the Rio. It just felt like home. Uh, to be honest, we love our food. Some better, I think, better restaurant selections, better opportunities to eat as opposed to what it was at the Westgate. That kind of it's kind of tough to get into a restaurant, and there weren't as many options. Smashburger was great. I had a bunch of great noodles at the one place. We ate at the Mexican. We ate at Guy Fieri's a couple times, which was great. Um, the coverage from Greenlight TV on Supercart USA's Facebook page, man. Dude, it was the coverage was tremendous. The numbers we were getting on the shares. Keep sharing those videos, folks. Get out there, pick the one, share it, comment. That's the way to keep ex- expanding the coverage. But dude, the atmosphere, the coverage, awesome stuff. It was the you know Super Sunday with the with the green light production that 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 highlighted everything. Like you said, just being back at the reel just kind of made everybody feel warm and fuzzy inside. You know, just it was it was just good, good, good all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, big thumbs up for sure. Uh, again, we're less than a year away from Super Nationals number 23, November 24th, I believe, the is Super Sunday. Uh, folks, that wraps it up. We're uh, we're back in the office. We're back rocking. 2019 season just around the corner. As David said, he heads down to Daytona in just over three weeks' time for WKA uh, Daytona Cart Week. Uh, we'll have lots more information on the full EK and Trackside Live Tour for 2019. We're wrapping up the uh, the races that we're going to be attending. Uh, we're probably going to be up there around 20 to 24 again. A lot of races to hit. Uh, but again, we thank you so much for listening to the EKN Radio Network. If you have not downloaded the app, do so. Get it on your phone. So much more content. My goal is to double our content from 2018 to 2019. Of course, I started the new Book It podcast. There's going to be at least a couple more podcasts that we're going to start, new ones. So much more to come. Download it. Make sure you get the, the radio network. Obviously, subscribe to the podcast as well, so it goes right to your phone on iTunes or Google Play. David, last words? Uh, you're great, Super Nats. You know, as you said, we didn't party as hard as we typically do, so we waited till oh. Super Sunday. That was great. I think that, you know, it's it's kind of like a race. You just got to pace yourself, and it was great. Uh, on-track stuff was amazing. 
off track stuff. Always amazing. So just another win win all around. Can't wait to uh, to be back at the Rio in November next year. Again, big thank you to all those that, that supported the EKN Trackside Live broadcast. Of course, Supercarts USA first and foremost, uh, and, and Cooper Tire. Alan Rudolph Racing Academy was our title sponsor. We want to thank uh, Acceleration Kart Racing for Super Sunday again. Courtney Concepts and Illuminos were our, our sponsors for Saturday and Friday. And a big thank you to Fullerton USA, Mad Old Nut Racing, Allison Racing Engines, and Kart Sport North America and Cart Republic. The uh, the support of the industry is what allows us to do what we do here at EKN. And again, those of you who tune in and, and listen to our content and, and, and comment, we really appreciate it. Again, the best thing you can do to explode our sport in terms of getting new people into it is to share on social media, let people know about our passion, let people know about your passion. And we do thank you so much again for joining us here. Debrief number 37. Uh, it's been a great year on the ECAN Radio Network. A lot more to come. I've got a bunch of great interviews lined up, and we'll have those for you in the coming weeks. We want you to enjoy your holidays, but, folks, uh, we're back at it once again. Post-Supernats, as we look forward to 2019. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>